Hello everyone and welcome to episode 32 of the Filthy Lip Out Golf Podcast. We've got a treat for you today. We have doubled up on guests. We've got two of them. We've got the Cyprus Open champion, Callum Shinkwin, and his caddy, Sam Robertshaw as well. So lots to get into. And I'm looking forward to exploring a bit of player-caddy relationship stuff a little bit later as well. But um, first off, Callum, a great win in Cyprus Open. You made a European Tour victory. You did it in style. I mean, looking back on it a couple of months on now, how do you reflect on that week and what you achieved there? Do you know what? I've just carried on the same, really. I've not, I've not, I've not changed to anything. You know, I've just been, I've been exactly the same who I am, and uh, you know, it's, you know, obviously, uh, obviously, any win's great, but obviously, your first one's obviously very special, and uh, it's, you know. It, I guess I, I've just carried on exactly the same. I've come home and obviously kids and stuff like that and a pregnant wife and the dogs and all that sort of stuff. I just, I don't think it's even sunk in, to be fair. <laughs> Is it nice to get a monkey off your back though, uh, Callum, after uh, unfortunately missing out in like Scotland and a couple of others in the past? Is it finally nice to get the win? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's so hard to even win nowadays. You know, obviously you have your regulars who do win because obviously they are, they are that good, but then... You're, people who win for the first time it's, it's it's bloody hard you know it's you know it's you have to you have to really grind it out and basically you have to you have to work as hard as you can to even just to cross the finish line well you got to look at your man sam robertshaw you know uh on your bag there ex-pga euro pro tour player obviously couldn't cut it in the pro ranks himself so he decided uh-huh. to turn to the dark side of caddying Got you, mate. Of all people, he picked you, didn't he? And then you go and get a W. How good was that? And how, how dreamy is that to, to have him on your bag as well when that happens? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's a sometimes he's a top lad, you know. So on the course, he's a top lad, off the course, he's not, you know. If you're playing a bit of Call of Duty with me, <laughs> yeah, but now, nah, obviously, now nah, it's, it's good. Obviously, he's uh, obviously sitting there listening, obviously, going to speak soon. And the uh, yeah, obviously, having a friend on the bag is more, more important than. And, and a lot of people think, but also you have to keep it, obviously try and keep it professional as much as you can as well, because a lot of friendships have, have broken up on that by working mm. together in, in golf industry as well. So you have to, you have to try and keep it work related as well as don't cross that boundary of, of friendship. So yeah, is that something you've had to have a chat? Sorry. I was going to say, John's I've lost you. Get you there, Sam, like double edged sword, that introduction, great caddy, but couldn't cut it as a player. You've, <laughs> back at John for that. I thought too true, mate. I mean, I can't. I have no comeback for that. It's uh, <laughs> it's actually <laughs> spot on. It's actually nailed on. I got nothing. He, I mean, he knows I, I can't even. Mean it. It's I, just a bit of chop. I can't even cheap. fire back, mate. The guy's a legend. It's just you know, fair play. No, that, that is true. That is true. Uh, I was going to say, obviously, the far, the winning part. Well, the, the part that got into the playoff and posted the number. 54 feet for Eagle, right from the back to the front of that sloping, swinging green out there on the 18th at Aphrodite Hills. First of all, John, you were there doing on-course comms. Yeah. How insane was that putt from where it was to where that pin position was on that final day? Redonkulous. Absolutely redonkulous. I mean, the hole in general is... I mean, it suits up for Callum massively off the tee because he can he took the bunkers out of play down that right-hand side so he could just fly with them no matter what the weather was going to chuck at him because he's got the power. But, you know, where he left it, you, I mean, you give him 10 more, 10 more putts from there, you know, blindsided, you know, seeing it for the first time, I guarantee probably, would you say, 70% he would probably two-putt, you know, and uh, maybe three-putt the other, maybe hole one, you know, and he got that one. 
boom, thank you very much. And Sam, well, you 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 done all the reading, my friend. So <laughs> and uh, Callum, you're a good dynamic duo. So I mean, you're excellent on the green. So what input has he had, Callum? You know, when it comes to uh, you know working on the greens and club selection as well. Uh, with um, Sam's more, it, it, uh, I actually hired more Sam purely for the uh, the, uh, the putting side of it mm-hmm. um, because I, I was I was doubting myself a lot, and you know, I was asking I was asking my old caddy Dave uh, Dave and Andy um, for a few reads, and I, I wouldn't trust them so much because they don't play golf as much as well. Obviously, they, they look at it, yeah. but when you don't play as much, it's hard to it's hard to get the exact read because you don't do it yourself. So. When when they were doing it, and I was doubting myself, I was doubting them as well. I was like, well, "What is it going to be?" Sort of thing. If, I, if I'm struggling with the read, so then obviously then then you don't know, put the good stroke on it. So you know, a lot of times I would try not to call them in as much as possible, just to not do it. And then obviously then obviously when I had a change of obviously caddies, then I basically I hired Sam for for more for the green the green aspects of it, and and he actually didn't teach me anything because my green room is actually pretty good it just yeah. more gave me gave me confidence in what, what i what i saw and you know, there's not many times i hit poor putts on the greens anymore you know so that, teeth, uh, that 18th putt when you hold that gobbler on 18 sam what was the read buddy well that one i left to cow in honesty i mean we've sort of gotten to a point um so that's all credit to him you know it's he was you know i think everyone knows and it's cal and i both know you know that's the type of putt you're looking to get stone dead um, mm. And he'll, he'll openly admit that, and obviously for it to go in was obviously amazing. Um, but yeah, no, we we did we've worked we'd worked you know a good amount of events up to that point. Um, and like Callum said, he's he's a good green reader. Um, there's a few elements within putting um, that a lot of people don't know about, which I discovered through my time playing, um, that can lead to a little bit of indecision. And I think I just cleared a lot of that up with Cal. And um, yeah, just a couple of little small insights to just enhance his already very good green reading. Um, and yeah, he was able to obviously show that in that final putt, and uh, even better. You know, we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on it in a minute. But I actually thought the next putt was, was a better putt because it's one you are sort of, you know, in the yeah. realms of holding over 50% of the time versus your PJ to average stat. Um, you know, and that under those sorts of circumstances, I thought that was actually much more impressive that putt. Hey, Callum, what's going through your mind as that ball is getting towards the hole? At what point did did you inside go? Oh my God, this is going in. It was, about, it was about 20 foot out. Um, Jordan Smith had a massive marker in it. Must, I, I don't know. It must have been almost like the size of the bottom of that, that this bit here. It was about that size and thick as well, like lump of steel. It wasn't one of them, but it was bigger. bigger. It was bigger than them. Oh. And, it was, and I, was like, I, was, I was like, Jordan, can you move that two to the right just in case if anything happens, you know? He's like, sure, yeah. <laughs> and literally his marker was about eight foot out. And if, I knew if I miss it to the left, Obviously, this is just obviously for a long shot, but if I missed it just to the left on the line, it, it, it would almost straighten up and go in. And uh, well, 20 foot out, it was tracking on that line of just missing it to the left. And uh, and it did. And obviously, Cal carried on. And that's about 20 foot out. I thought, this has got a chance here. Yeah. Obviously, and obviously, you see me, I backed up a little bit to see it and because it broke left throughout the start. And I backed up and I was like, oh, good. And obviously, they went in. <laughs> obviously, we're, we're the bit of speed as well because I, I don't putt with flags in. I, I, I don't trust it. If you've got a putt that's going too hard, it'll bounce back out. So it was, yeah. like, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was slightly too much speed, but it was just about enough to stay in the air. Yeah. Were you tempted to give it to Kevin now and walk after it? <laughs> I imagine that. Me, yeah, <laughs> four feet and <laughs> How quick are you? That, you'd have to be quick to get down there on that before. <laughs> uh, that, part, that, that part was quick being downhill as well, so probably wouldn't catch yeah. up. 
Like, and you, know, you went out and you, you played that whole great and you did it again in the playoff as well. But before the playoff, we were seeing you finished sort of early-ish, if you like. There were a few groups left to come in. And we saw images of both of you just chilling out in the clubhouse, having a bite to eat. I think I read afterwards, Callum, you said you'd hardly had anything to eat all day, so you were starving. Like, often when that happens, the, the yeah. commentators can be almost quite harsh on players if they're not straight to the range, staying in the zone, if you almost switch off. What was your sort of mindset and approach to that, Callum, at the time? Yeah, you, you, you are right there. Commentators can be a bit harsh, especially, you know, there's one who was there as well. You don't know, now. But, um, <laughs> but commentators, obviously, they obviously understand, especially if they play, like, like obviously Johnny has, he, he understands little bits. But obviously no one understands a player himself. So when you're, when you're feeling hungry, first thing to do, get a bit of food on you. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. when, when, sure when you get a little bit of nerves... You, sorry about the watch. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's talking to me. Um, obviously, when you get a bit of nerves and you're hungry, your, your thought process goes out the window. Like you, you don't think straight. So having a bit of food, just uh, I'd minimal. Just, I know I, I can eat. And uh, I was like, just to have a little bit of protein, have a little bit of carbs, get a bit of energy in you, and then go back and hit, hit some balls. So yeah. that's what I did. And I, I, but I didn't, I didn't rush it down me as well. I made sure it was you know, just, I had a little bit of food, but took, I took my time eating it so it would fill me up a bit. And then, yeah, literally from, from there, I'd, I'd go and uh, make sure I didn't spin anything down because they were watching me on TV. <laughs> <laughs> what were your nerves like, though, Sam? What were you feeling like, mate? Because it's unfamiliar territory for you both. Yeah, I mean, pretty chilled. I think you sort of feed off each other, don't you? And I think uh, Cal was pretty chilled. And, you know, through my time playing, I you know, I'd had the experience of obviously coming down the line and, and being under pressure myself. So that, that helped me definitely um, keep my sort yeah. of nerves in check. Because, you know, it's... When it's unknown territory for anyone in any given walk of life, you know, you are, you are naturally going to be nervous. And I think if you're not able to obviously understand what's happening to you, then, then potentially you are going to panic. I think Callum's had enough experience doing that in his time playing. I've had a little bit. Um, and again, I think Cal touched on it a little bit earlier, having that sort of friendship vibe is quite important as well, I think. And you're starting to see that more and more in the game now. Um, we were just able to sort of just, yeah, keep pretty chilled and roll with the, roll with the blows and take each minute as it came and, yeah, you know, I think we, we did everything we needed to do. I got a few uh, few messages in saying, take your bloody hat off indoors, you prat, <laughs> as we're eating, <laughs> eating hot dinner. I had my hat <laughs> which, off. Yeah, you did. Well, table um, table manners. I'll keep the sponsors happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wish. Time. <laughs> I wish. Um, well, when you've got yeah, a good set of air like you, Sam, you've got a flaw near, but, you know, get it out. It's all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all right. He's losing it. It's slowly <laughs> going, mate. Piece by piece. I was going to say, your, your forehead seems a little bit bigger than last time we spoke. Oh, it is, mate. You see, the, you see, that's why I'm frowning so much. <laughs> it's just the angle. It's just the angle of the camera. Yeah. Uh, oh, mate. When you did actually obviously win, it's such a weird situation because obviously we, we had the bubble of post-lockdown golf, which we still got now, which makes it strange enough as it is. You can't really properly celebrate. But you guys were staying out there for the Cypress Showdown the following week as well. So... It's like, oh, we're not going home to celebrate. We're just here again for another week. We can't really. What you do? You've just won your maiden title. Presumably, you want to go absolutely crazy. We saw you guys having a couple of beers afterwards. Um, but yeah, how do you then kind of? What do you do that evening? And then you you got another tournament next week at the same place. What what's the protocol if you like for that situation? <laughs> well, I think everyone was uh, was there to have a few have a few. Quick, quick half, you know, as they also, as they say, say in the olden days. Um, but then the bar got shut down at nine o'clock. <laughs> so, so we, we had no chance of, you know, 
getting right on it. You know, that, 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 that's the idea when you win your first one or have a, have a good celebration, you get right on it, don't you? But we, yeah. we wasn't able to. Um, so we were able to have a few, but, you know, but we was, uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, it was good. It, we had a few, obviously, friends out on tour, caddies and players down there having a, having a good old laugh and chat, you know, it was, it was pretty good. But then as soon as the bar got shut down at nine, we um, had to go in. Back to bed. Uh, Bedtime, literally. Right. We got sent to bed. <laughs> At least you didn't have to deal with too much of a hangover the next day, I suppose. Every cloud. No, no. no well, I, uh, the next day I was always going to be a day off anyway. So, <laughs> nice play. I had Sam come. I had Sam come knocking on my door actually with the winner's golf bag straight after the final round after you <laughs> won it, and he because uh, I went out and played on the Monday with Callum Shingrid's, uh golf clubs. Yeah. Couldn't it? Couldn't it? A ass with a banjo with him. <laughs> it was so stiff and heavy. Oh my god, and I can hit it hard, but you know, Callum's a different animal altogether. And I, I couldn't square the club face up for love or money. They were honestly like steel rods, mate. Absolutely ridiculous. I doubt you, right. it, mate. You're, you're, you're not freaking... alone, Johnny. Yeah, you're not alone, mate. People walk up and down the range and walk past and look in his bag and go, I wouldn't hit those. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're not alone, mate. There's fellow tour players looking the same, and yeah, I'm one of those as well. Well. Tell, yeah, tell us your setup then, Callum, do. quickly. Tell us your setup, bud, of your clubs. Oh, so these are free, aren't you? Is that the new, new Callaway, uh, is it? The, the, these are my spare set for the old, you know, foresight indoor swing run. Bit, though, but, oh, nice, nice, nice. Spare set. Spare right, set. Sam. What on earth? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, people listen to the backdrop of the swing studio, which is awesome. But at home in his garage, he's got the swing studio set up. A bit there, like John's got as well with the foresight. can do all your practice at home, which uh, as I look out the window now where I am and see the snow yeah. gently falling, uh, the ability to practice indoors in, a, in winter in general, never mind if there's a lockdown, I imagine has never been more <laughs> important. All right, we got, we got the bag there, Callum. Talk us through uh, what's this going is on. A special yeah. bag, yeah. Well, so obviously here, as you see, this is the same irons. You can, I don't know if you can see clearly enough, but they're the same irons. These are the new Apex MB1 blades. I, I, nice. I've, got, I've got a three iron down to nine iron in these heads. Uh, I've got the, uh, as uh, Johnny Morgan says, I've got the oh. rifle 7.0 shafts. <laughs> Bringing John Morgan, <laughs> like sweat. You are, you are a handful <laughs> of players in the world that can only play that shaft, mate. That's for sure. <laughs> I've used it for about seven, eight years now. It's been it's been a long time. I, I, I actually never said that I would go to projects because the, the the talk there's not much talking at all. I and, get that. And and, and they were getting a lot of um sort of bad risks from it. Got to watch that off now. Um, <laughs> someone's listening to me, aren't they? And uh, yeah, so I, but I had to change because I was just getting a little bit, you know, you know, I was using the position seven zeros and it was a little bit of spin still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've got quite a steep attack angle. So then, um, and I go down to the. I changed like a year or so ago to so the forty-six instead of the pitching wedge. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've got the same in my look. My fifty-two and fifty-eight. It's the jaws. jaws oh yeah, wedges. nice man. Yeah, nice. Uh, they, they, these are great. You know, these are. Uh, I, I think they look great. They they feel great, and I've got slightly softer shaft. These are six point fives, so I've got a bit, a bit more feel and a bit more spin. Yeah, that's what you need. Now you then, do have a poker. <laughs> poker shaft in the driver it was a hazardous multicolored, psychedelic looking thing i mean this thing was an absolute pole have you changed the shaft and so i haven't i way? haven't i haven't changed this well technically i've changed the color i've gone i've gone back to the original yeah the graphlo blue but yeah. it's the exact same shaft it's a hazardous project it's uh instead of 6.5 which obviously seems obviously softer than seven but they're not it's yeah uh, the, you know the, the, the torque is 2.8 which is quite low 
and 62 grams. I, I, I like quite a light shaft in my wood, so I get a bit more speed. And yeah, it feels easier cool. to control. For me, it feels easy to control. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is the new epic. This, is the, uh, this this drive is this drive is a bad boy. If anyone wants to buy one, honestly, when they come out, honestly, I think you should. They have a little bit more speed, a little bit less spin, which is great. I've got the, I've got the LS head as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, triple diamond. But uh, for me, I think this this one's um, this is the daddy. This is a just this is quickly, the best one this isn't a plug to Callaway. This is literally, it is honestly that good. It isn't just a plug to Callaway. That is a well, very, very good drive. Right there. As we're talking about drivers. Obviously, a little bit of headlines in the sort of Dubai event just before the Tour Championship last year, when you stuck a 48-inch driver in the bag. I think you carried two drivers that week. Um, there it is. A lot of chat about it. it's that You've got it right there, the 48-inch driver. So why did you take the plunge? What made you think, right, I'm going the longest driver I can possibly put in play this week? Well... Yeah, well, you, you can't, of course, of course you can, yeah, but, you know, as, as, as soon as you pick it up, you go, oh, my God, how can I hit this straight? Yeah. It feels so long. <laughs> Especially, I've got, I've got, my normal driver is shorter, shorter than standing length as well. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean. uh, I've got, and, uh, you know, it's just a bit more stability. And with, and with this, you can see that they've, they've had to put lead tape up here to counterbalance it, meant the swing weight, correct for me. So, but, you know, I, it was a, it was just a thought, you know, I was at home, obviously, we couldn't, we, well, I, I I don't think we could go out and play at the time. I wasn't too sure. So obviously I got this ring room here and I thought, said to the guys at Callaway, I said, send me the uh, the uh, uh, 48 inch shaft, please, in a, in a six, well, eight, uh, 8.5 degree head where I can crank it down two degrees as basically as low as possible. And so obviously do, do your work of, of, of how you um, obviously make it work for the players and send it to me. And I'll try it out at home. I just want to try it. You know, now, sure, why not? And apparently out of about 30 or 40 people, I was the only one to actually benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And wow. yeah, I mean, as you can see, this is obviously the old Maverick one, but you know, it's yeah, the, if you can see it's on the minus two setting, 8.5. Oh head. my god, so yeah, 6.5 degrees, it's 48 inches long. Obviously, for you, a pretty stiff shaft, but a bit of lightness. That lead tape was right up just underneath the grip. What benefits did you have? How much further were you hitting it than your gamer? So, uh, on average, it's around 25 to 30 yards carry extra. Extra, yeah. That, I mean, that's huge. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. So, so, I mean, my my thought process was, I mean, like, I've got this long tee, extra long tee, mm-hmm. in here. Yeah. And I'll tee that up, and I'll tee it as high as possible. And I went and brought the le- the the tallest legal limit tee, which is that one there. You can see it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's almost yeah. the same length. So it's the one with the blue tip. Yeah. So I went and got them, and basically for me, I mean. When you got less loft, you need to hit the ball higher, or try it higher. Yeah. yeah, and that way I, I was hitting about eight degrees on the up. Wow. So, which is obviously a lot compared to my, my standards about zero. I, I'm not, I'm not square as anything at the ball. Yeah, and maybe mm. one degree up, you know, uh, with a standard drive. But with that one there, I was really working hard. And I wasn't changing. I just put the ball forward, teed up higher. Yeah. And naturally, on on the arc, you go, you go up, don't you? So. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and, and it works out, and it works out great for me. You know, it was you know I'd have to even hit it that hard either. Sam, you well, put- Sam, friends, Sam, friends with benefits, mate. Where's your bag, man? You got a you got a nice new set of Callaways as well, mate. Has he sent you a nice set, or is it you know? Come yeah, on, I mean, there must be a free set in there somewhere. 
I've been lucky enough to uh, receive a few little uh, hand-me-downs. <laughs> and they're That's in the bag. Right, um, but I've got to walk around the block to my garage, not into my uh, next room where my swing room is to go and get them. I'll go outside. So, <laughs> I've got to go outside. Could... The kitchen's but, uh, right no, there. Outside, I get yeah. some food. No, I, I get That's the stuff. I'm okay. Not that I'm playing any, any golf at the moment. God, it's depressing <laughs> after watching uh, watching Carrot the ball for long enough. That's the problem with the country. You, you never you never really get to play. You see a lot of it, but all your efforts now obviously are going into the caddy inside of thing. But on the 48, Absolutely. you put out some really interesting stats, I think, throughout that week in the lead up to it and just after on your Instagram, Sam, you were really like getting down to the nitty gritty and analysing its performance and whether it was doing what you needed. Mm. Was it worth having the 48-inch driver in play that week? For that week, absolutely, yeah, um, it was. For, for that particular trial, that particular test, yes, because um, it's over at Jamira Golf Estates where they've got two courses. Obviously, they played one of the courses of the DP World. Once we played it in the lead-up, and they're polar opposite golf courses. One's like super challenging off the tee, you've got to keep it in play. Um, the other's quite wide open. So it was a great week to come out and test it for Calamo. He obviously made that decision. He came out with it and a bit of a surprise to me. He's like, what do you think of this? And uh, went out and put it to the test and honestly hit it. Hit it, hitting it surprisingly straight versus what you might actually think when you first look at it. It's hard for people to imagine, you know, if they haven't actually got a side-by-side comparison, how much longer it actually is. Mm. And so you look down at it and go, God, this looks like one of those clubs they use in these trick shows where they, you know, they swing it on a really wide arc and knock off the tee. So you really are unsure. So, you know, in a week where, you know, it wasn't necessarily a onus on performance because we're playing the DP World the week after, thought it was a great idea. We went out there and did it. And um, yeah, I put all the information up on Instagram and um, yeah, eventually not viable for every week, but Mm. for that week in particular, it was viable. Yeah. Are we going to see it again at some point this year, Callum? Uh, Do you know what? I actually, (laughs) yesterday I I was in the room and I I thought, and I'll see, I'll put the uh, stickers on there to to, uh, get some club data back on it. And uh, and uh, it was it was obviously it was going, I, I hit ten shots of it and it was averaging like 123, 124 mile an hour cover speed, and that's without really going after one. When I went after one, I got one to one twenty nine. It said whether that's fully accurate, I'm not too sure, but I did go after that one as well. But uh, but you know, and it was going really straight on there as well. So and, and, and this one here, it does it does exaggerate when you hit a bad one as well. So but I was hitting a lot really straight, and uh, but the downside for me was when I was using it in that tournament after every round. I had to get to physio, but yeah. it, it, was really, it was irritating my back, and I've now realised I've I've got an issue in my back. So, which yesterday I was doing a, I was started off doing a bit of training, and my back gave way, <laughs> and I was stuck oh, on the floor man. for an hour and a half, couldn't get up. <laughs> oh and, uh, my god! So, I know. So luckily, I got four weeks off, and uh, I can I can rest it and, yeah. and get some treatment. And I, I'm I'm starting to work with uh, oh, I forgot his surname. They all call him Rob Hob. I forgot his surname. Hopkins. Yeah. Hopkins. Okay, so um, I've got and Rob Hobb, and uh, I'm, I'm starting work with him, and he's going he's to come up and, and do some work next Monday with me, and uh, as a, as a starter, and uh, hopefully um, we can work on strength on my back and have no niggles, and hopefully then potentially put that back in the bag. Yeah, well, fingers. yeah, well, fingers crossed, man. I mean, was it just above your left butt cheek? You know, was it that kind of ache? You know, where it normally yeah. is for a uh, golfer? Yeah, so mine's just. A, We've got the lower part of the back where you know your hip and basically where your yeah. love hands are. About yeah. four inches above that is where my niggles come. Yeah. And then no and yesterday, yesterday it was a little bit higher and a big, big circular patch where it was just I, honestly I, I couldn't even I couldn't even move. 
and uh, which is, I'm, tw- I'm 27. That never happens. Obviously, I've got, I've, I should have an underlying like injury in there where where it's, it comes like that out of nowhere. But I don't feel it, you know. So ho- yeah. hopefully, hopefully, we'll, hopefully, we can do a lot of work on that again, just getting stronger in that in that department. And and that and that I mean, um, apparently Eddie Eddie Petrol three years ago, I think it was in China, had to pull out the event on the range of before one round, just couldn't get up the floor. And it, he's been seeing Rob. And he, he said, he's, um, Rob, Rob said yesterday he's been working hard on it and he's had no, uh, had no issues with it ever since. Oh, mate, so, we wish you all the best. Sorry, Hopkinson, by the way. Hopkinson. He'll kill us for getting that wrong. It's Rob Hopkinson. Rob Hopkinson. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> sorry, he'd kill yeah. us for getting oh, that wrong. <laughs> what did you say it was? Hobbs, Hob, Hopkins or something. <laughs> Rob Hopkinson. Uh, shout out to Rob Hopkinson. Physio, shout out. Rob Hopkinson, who's going to sort out Callum. He's a physio trainer, the lot is. Yeah, yeah. trainer. Excellent. John, it raises an interesting point because one of the things you've said all along about the whole Bryson DeChambeau thing and how hard he goes at it is, you know, how long do you maintain that for? How long can your body stand up to it? Obviously, Callum, you're a big, strong guy. You do your physical exercise, you're well built, you're flexible, all of those things. And even someone in your position, just by going from your normal stock driver swing with a stock driver, if you like, to just stepping it up a little bit with that 48-inch driver, and it's giving you little niggles. So it's well worth thinking about, you know, what's the mid and long-term cost of going after that extra little bit of speed right now? Oh, yeah, 100%. What Bryson's doing is he's actually doing it all correctly. He's, He's training hard. He's making his body stronger. He's uh, and then obviously then he's able to hit the ball harder. So he, he he's he's understanding what he's doing on the course. He's also doing that in the gym to make him stronger. And, and also obviously, I guess he's doing a lot of rehab as well after the rounds, or obviously with his trainers and stuff like that, and making it feel great again for the next day. You know, it was quite funny. It was talking to Harrington on the range in Dubai, and he, he's been working hard on his speed. And he's got he's gained a lot of speed in the last couple of years. Wow, like is him for his age? What is he? Forty six, something like that. Forty seven. Yeah, he's exactly. he, he is he is phenomenal. His speed's unbelievable, and uh, he, um, he 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 said after every day, his body's in pain, mm-hmm. but yeah. he's able to go. But he's able to go the next day because mm-hmm. he, he works with dingers, mm-hmm. the, the physio on, on the comes out on tour. He works with yeah. the players, and and he he basically gets him gets his body back to good shape. And, then he's able to go again. Yeah. Uh, amazing, mate. Well, I wish you all the best. Uh, Sam, I've got a question for you, bud. Um, Stabilizers from really, you know, what the difference is. Uh, I mean, you chose, you know, you had a playing career on the PJ Europro Tour and, you're, you know, your ultimate goal was to obviously get to where Callum is right now onto the main European Tour and play all over the world. I mean, it didn't happen for you. What, what, was, what did you see that you just thought, I haven't got this, and do you know what? I like caddying as well, and I'm going to go down this route. What was it? Yeah, it was a whole combination of things that led me to eventually be um, considering caddying, caddying as a as a career choice. Um, but yeah, whilst I was playing, I just you know you spend you spend however long putting the work in, putting the hours in, and um, you know seeing not as much of an improvement as to the hours and the time you're putting into the game. And I think once you start to see that correlation start to change from, you know, hours put into progression. Um, and you should understand that in yourself as a player. Um, you, yeah, you sort of realise you're potentially near your limit. Um, and, you know, ironically, further down the line, working with Callum and seeing, you know, the level of the tour coaches out there, you know, realised that, you know, actually I wasn't technically probably sound enough um, with the re- repeatable enough action uh, 
to perform at the higher, higher level. I had all the grit and determination and the, you know, the mental capacity, mental strength to mm. withstand pressure and that kind of stuff. I had all those attributes. Um, and leading on from that, which is probably why, um, you know, caddying was quite appealing towards me because I, I was really good at, I was probably an ex, almost not expert, but like very, very good level at course strategy and green reading and, you know, yeah learning when to take your medicine. I was good at all those sorts of things. And I think all those characteristics that I had to be very, very good at for me to get the most out of myself lent towards um, being a good caddy, I think. Um, so that's kind of where that that came from. It was a realisation that physically probably not going to quite make it. Um, and yeah, not, not just that. There's other circumstances which you guys all understand. Yeah. Speaking to PJ Europro Tour players, week in, week out, finances, etc., sponsorship. You know, when you weigh up all these things, you know, it's not just am I good enough? You know, you got to you do need a when you want to have a life beyond, you know, golf or whilst you're playing golf, mm -hmm. you obviously got to consider your finances. I've got a beautiful wife and I want to have a family. I want to contribute financially to a mortgage. And those are obviously considerations, too. And I think a lot of guys can relate to that. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm, I'm at right now. Did you manage to get a bit <laughs> towards the mortgage in Cyprus? Have you got a little bit tucked away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as he keeps reminding me, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's a, yeah. uh, to something that John sort of mentioned and alluded to earlier was missing out in the Scottish Open. There are a couple of other occasions where you were right in the hunt and it didn't quite happen. What did you learn from those experiences that enabled you to get your hands on the trophy in Cyprus, just don't change what of what you did. You know, it's, it, it, well, uh, when you win, obviously it's you're meant to win. So you know, it's obviously in the, obviously the main one was was Scottish Open, the, the one shot you come in the last. And when you don't actually get a bad shot, and you go, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Like even in the playoff, I hit two cracking shots, and obviously Rafa obviously hit a great second shot to the par five, obviously, and the you know. In, yeah, it made it a lot harder for me to to obviously take it in, but at the same time, you go, you know, well, where, where was I three weeks prior to that? Mm -hmm. If you look at if you look at where I was, I hadn't made a cut for since Abu Dhabi, yeah. and I really struggled, you know, with um, a lot of stuff. And uh, for for me just to come out and uh, I made I made the Irish, uh, sorry, I made the French, I made the Irish, and then obviously, you know, I, but my results were getting better, and then I finished I finished second. They obviously got it with not getting the win, but um. But I mean, the, the, the actual story behind that was if uh, in 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 France, I had a, a forty-yard bunk shot like, on that eighteenth hole. The pin was was on the right-hand side in the little in the little tongue area on the green, and I was in the bunker left, and it were wet bunkers as well. And I'd get a forty-yard bunk shot up and down, and <laughs> to make the cut, just yeah. to make the cut. And I've caught this one as clean as possible, like without meaning to. And it's one bounce and spun next to the hole to about four foot and I hold the putt for And, and that's what kick-started me to go, come on. Like, that was, uh, that was, uh, if not, I probably wouldn't have been up there in the Scottish. My head, my head would have been, like, obviously scrambled, missed another cut. And, do you know what I mean? Like, and, and just, you know, prior to that, obviously prior to that Scottish Open, I, I was nowhere to be seen at, at the time. So, you know, it, it was it was hard, but it wasn't that hard to get over. And you know, a lot of people think I oh, struggled after that sort of thing because of, you know, I struggled because I, I wasn't doing the right things. You know, and then, you know, when, when you realise that and you tell yourself off for not doing it, and then you start working hard and you start seeing um, obviously progress and you start getting results better. And, you know, was it 2019, I think I had five top tens, yeah. which was, you know, which, which, which was pretty good. You know, I think that's pretty good for someone who not, didn't have a card that year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, I, was, I was extremely happy with uh, getting my car back. And then obviously, then the then year after, I get a win.
Well, Sam, we had um, we had Billy Foster. We were fortunate to get Billy on, and we know you know you know full well he's kind of the marquee kind of caddy guy that you want to you know aspire to be. Now, um, he was telling us a great story about him and uh, Sebi Ballesteros, where he picked a club that you know pretended it was a certain kind of yardage and uh, faked it, got got Sebi to hit the six iron instead of the five iron, or vice versa, and. Um, have you done that to Callum? Have you done a sneaky one? And, you know, he's thinking it's a seven, but you know it should be an eight or a six, and you've you've been able to twist it around or give a fake news and gotten to hit the right club. No, I mean, all credit to Billy. He's obviously uh, an incredibly experienced and well-versed caddy, and, you know, his reputation precedes him. So, um, you know, I, I'm not yet, <laughs> is, is the answer. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've thought about it, but I thought, Cal see straight through it, you know. The, the guy, the guy's a, a fiend, you know. He knows me in and out, and uh, we know each other very well. So he'd, um, I think he'd see straight through it. Um, there, there was one, there was one time where I thought about it, and it, ironically, it was in Cyprus, um, and we kept playing this par three down the hill for uh, fifteen. Kept playing this par three poorly. Um, kept hitting a shot that was just going on the wind every single time, and it's a, it's a bloody difficult tee shot. You're hitting like a five iron, six iron into, you know, you're an elevated tee box down the hill and just kept hitting this thing that would just kept spinning off in the wind. Um, always a crosswind every day. Tough hole. And yeah. got to the final day. And, uh, you know, he doesn't often, like they say, he's very competent with his own clubbing. Um, and only if he's sort of ever in between or unsure, he'll say, what do you think? And for me, I was, I was thinking four iron, just a chippy one. But at the same time, when you're coming down the line, you obviously want to be hitting a slightly fuller shot. And I knew that full well with him. So, I almost recommended hit like chipping a four iron, but I went. I kind of bottled it a little bit and said, "Let's just let's just hit a solid five, spun it up in the wind, hit us, you know, short sided kinda." Unfortunately, um, so maybe I can learn from that and use that to my advantage in the future. But I've not not done any really dodgy clubbing yet um, in that respect. No, wouldn't dare. <laughs> so I must admit that sec that second shot that uh, Callum would have had into eighteen at Cyprus as well. You know, with that, you know, water right there in front of the green as he's coming into it. I mean, you want to take all that water out of play. I mean, yeah. you, you could you could get yourself. I mean, Callum's just finally he's been unmuted <laughs> all through that conversation. All of Sam's that. last answer, Callum's Mate, tried to get perfect. It's great. You only have heard what he said about you, Callum. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness, mate. Good job. It was evil, mate. Evil, evil, yeah. cutthroat stuff. Honestly, cutthroat. But yeah, I mean, if you get if you get in, you get caught out on that 18th when you all day long if you get your miss club because it was such a, the depth of that green was non-existent, wasn't it? With all the trouble back and front as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and again, like I say, big big credit to Cal. He's he knows himself very well in that, and I think he's learned that over the years with his various caddies and and trying to yeah. figure out for himself what makes him a good player. And yeah, he's super competent. You know, I don't often I don't often reflect on a shot and go, "Oh, that was." That was a dodgy club decision, you know. It's, it's. Ne I've never had that thus far. And honestly, when he's, when there is a potential in between, he, he's, you know, he's not afraid to ask. You know, and it's a very rare occasion that happens. But, you know, that's, I, I, that's up to me to keep sharp and hopefully give him some good advice. That's good, mate, Callum. I mean, I, I got to ask you this question: What's it like to get some constructive criticisms? Not easy to take as a professional, because I've been there as well. But when um, you know, we think we know best nine times out of ten. Uh, but you know, sometimes you got to suck it up and listen to a few home truths. You know, is Sam being being able to express himself to you in that way? And how have you handled it if he has? You know, 
I'm very easy to reflect on what, what I, I think I need to work on and what I don't think I need to work on. But, um, yeah. you know, with, with, with tough what's gone bad, I, I tend to remember all my shots for the round. Let, let, let's say if, if we've run a golf and, and it's very, you know, obviously I'd say a, a good caddy would know what your worst part of your game was that, that, that day. And obviously you tend to go on the range and work on it. Um, not No one's better than me about remembering what I did from hole one to hole 18. I remember every shot, how far, what I did. What yeah. I did wrong with that swing and part and stroke, whatever, and uh, <laughs> and so so when 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 someone comes up and goes, um, you know, hey, can I come up? I, I think your wedge play was a bit off that day. I'll go well. Actually, my you know my eight irons from 160, 170 yards were slightly yeah. off. You know, I, I need to you know I, I felt something wrong with my swing there. That's why I need to go work on first, and then if I want to go get some numbers and other stuff, I'll do that after. But you know, it, I'm very good at saying what was bad and what was good, but also if you know, if someone if someone was to say like, you know, game we go back to the Scottish Open, everyone goes, oh, that was a wrong choice of shot. You, why did you go for the green for? Well, I didn't do, I didn't, do, I didn't put a foot wrong. You know, I, you know, got a little bit unlucky. Yes, obviously, everyone goes, oh, you, always, everyone, everyone always says that, but I genuinely got a little bit unlucky. You know, but my actual play was the was the right play. You know, you uh, the, mm. the, the pin was tucked tight to the back. The trouble was at the front. You go miss it. If you if you miss it long, you can chip it onto twenty feet comfortably. You know the greens weren't hard, you know, and then where you and where I finished was a, was a spot where you couldn't you couldn't physically get it. Well, yeah, just, just explain to them, Carol, because a lot of people won't have seen that on TV. What actually happened the way your ball finished? It's very difficult, as in when you watch the Masters, you can't see the the level of the slope. Know. So that's what a lot of people mm. can't see. That's why you get a bit of a dig for that. But if you if you explain it to Kit and, and Johnny, what where your ball actually finished, and they can have a bit more perspective on why mm. it was it was so bad. Well, it was a mini ski slope. Yeah, was it? <laughs> it was, yeah. It just stopped on the on the ski. Stopped on the on, in a on a ski slope, yeah, in like a little indentation, so you can uh, actually play it. That's why you have to play it sideways. Yeah, man. Horrible. That's, horrible. You can't hit a flop shot. You can't get down to the bottom of the ball. Yeah, it's just. That's fair to hit I mean, some it some people say you know Tom Watson hit the wrong shot in you know down eighteen, but he pitched that perfectly over the bunker. Just hard <laughs> conditions. Could have been an inch yeah. right, inch left, landed softly, and he'd have been, he'd have had two putts to win the open. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it happens, doesn't it? Unfortunately, you can hit great yeah. shots and you don't get fully rewarded for the execution. You look back, and often you you see there's lucky breaks throughout a tournament victory, and sometimes mm. if those breaks don't go your way, that's why you finish second, third, fourth, fifth, or or whatever. It's no, absolutely, and as, as Johnny. Johnny knows through his playing career, and obviously you've played, played yourself as well, Kit, that you're not often getting the full picture on TV. You only get the, you know, necessarily the commentator's version. You don't you don't always get yeah. the inside um, the inside view on actually what potentially might have happened. So basically, I was using the Greens book as well during then. Behind the back of the green at Dundonald, behind the bunker, was purple, and it can't stay there. And my ball managed to stay there because it was like an old divot sort of area. And my ball will like, come to rest up against the edge of it, where it like rolled up, and just got there, and then stopped. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't even get to the bottom of the ball to get it any any form in the air. That's why I had to try and play right and away from the flag, away from the green, almost. Mm-hmm. Painful, man. Yeah. Bloody so, painful. Those, those, I, well, having that book there, it's tell you that the ball should roll back in the bunker. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, that's good to clarify. But it does. I mean, and and those are often the difference. And I think one of the really interesting things talking to you now is that. You are obviously a very analytical person in terms of, like you say, you remember every shot, what you did well, what you did badly. 
and, and you analyze in that regard. But in an instance like that, when the temptation is to overanalyze what happened, what went wrong, what you could have done differently, you actually have the kind of the maturity and the wherewithal to go, you know what, actually I made the right decisions at the right time for the right reasons. And I just didn't get the break. Something weird happened. It stopped on a slope where it wouldn't normally have. And you haven't beaten yourself up about it. You've, you've moved forwards and taken the positives from a result like that. And I think there's a lot to be learned for a lot of people there. Sometimes you can do all the right things and it just doesn't work out in your favour. 100%, yeah. 100%. Well, mate, you got the win under your belt. I know what I was going to ask you both. Have you been doing any goal setting between yourselves uh, this year? Has there been any kind of input between uh, you and Sam, Callum, uh, on your goal settings? I know it comes from the player, really, initially, you know, what your feelings are, but has Sam had a say? I don't set goals. You don't? Just go out there no. and freewheel it? Uh, I, well, it's, it's not freewheel it. Obviously, you have your own mini goals, and, but obviously, if, if you, uh, for me, if I set goals and if I don't achieve them goals I feel like I've I've failed so yeah and obviously goals obviously a lot of people set like obviously the, the main uh, let's say obviously I want to get top 50 in the world yeah that's not a goal for that year that's just a goal to get there and yeah. then when you get there you then set another goal so that, that's for me so you know obviously yeah. obviously everyone, everyone wants to win but you know if, if, if I was to top 50 in the world and not get a win I'd be more than happy with that yeah, because obviously you're performing well. You're, I'm, I'm providing the good income for my family. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it because I'm obviously playing well. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and if I was to have one win and then not play well for another year, you know, I, I, I might not have a job in the European Tour for next year. Do you know what I mean? That's the so, harsh reality. Yeah, true. So consistency <laughs> so, yeah. really is is your big aim, if you like. Is is what you're looking for? It's it's contending more regularly even if you don't get necessarily yeah 100% yeah 100% yeah, the goals, yeah. goals that go on Cam. no go on no I'm saying the goals that yeah like basically in essence the goals that Cal and I guess the team set for itself are you know they're not they're not time constrained basically so there are goals but not under any particular time constraint mm -hmm. you know yeah. golf's golf's uh, you know it's very easy particularly in this social media world we live in to think very short term and you know yeah. must achieve this by this date but, you know, the golf's a long career. And I think, um, you know, Cal understands that and the team we're in understand that. And, you know, as Cal said earlier, it's very difficult to win in this day and age. You know, so many good players, including Cal has obviously won last year. Um, so it's, it's difficult to set, you know, goals and often they'll be unrealistic. So I think you just, that's one of Cal's big strengths is uh, he understands himself and the game that he's in um, and knows that setting like definitive shortish term goals are almost unrealistic in a way. So... He's got great goals ahead of him, but under no time constraints. So, yeah, that's a, I think that's a good lesson for everyone to take um, in the golfing world. I agree. Look, I want to pivot onto uh, something we've not spoken about at all on the podcast ever before. Tattoos. Uh, Carla, you got a nice one on your arm, sort of creeps out underneath your shirt. Obviously, a lot of golfers aren't <laughs> known for having tattoos. It doesn't sort of go hand in hand. John is shaking his head because... He knows where this is going, and I'm going to tell the world about the magnificent tattoo that John has across the top of his back. Uh, Callum, what have you got, and why have, why have you got that tattoo? I'm really intrigued by it. What have I got? Ah, well, I've always wanted a tattoo. So it's, uh, my, my family's more to do with boxing family than, than it's golf, and, and tends to a lot of boxers have tattoos. 
And so I, I'll grab a lot of around like my cousins and, and my sister and, and you know, and, and also my, my, my auntie's with someone now who's, who's a ta- who runs a, who's got his own tattooist uh, shop. So obviously very easy access, you know. And uh, so I always wanted to get a tattoo, but I didn't know what, I didn't know what to get. But, you know, you, you are... You are staining your body for life, pretty much, you know. And uh, so I was right. like, "What do I get? What do I get?" So I was like, "Right." Me and my mum uh, decided to get a dog together, and uh, so we did. And I, and, and I thought, "Great!" Like you know, my first dog. That's my, my own personal dog, you know. And uh, I helped bring bring her up, and 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 we actually got given another dog from the same from the same breed from, from a different litter. So I thought, why not? Why not get the dogs put on my arm? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Good shot. So, yeah. so uh, you know, I've got uh, Libby now. She's passed away. You know, she's, she's only five, but she's passed away now, Libby. And then I've got Luna, who's now five. She's uh, she's on that arm there. And I've got a few other little bits and, you know, obviously people say, why have you got trees in your arms? But they're, 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 they're Scottish deerhounds. And they're brought, uh, born and bred to be running through woods in the wooded area, you know, chasing deer, bringing them down. That's back in the olden days. And I, it's not it's not fully finished, you know. Obviously, the dogs are finished, but you know I've got a bit of a back back, back bit there. Actually, I, I I would love to have a full sleeve, but I know for golf that's not really you know the smartest tightest idea. So, but I would like to get it down a bit lower, about an inch lower, just a half sleeve down there. And I, so I, I like it, you know, and you oh. know, and uh, yeah, and and for me, I, I think the person who did it is he's, he's, he's great. You know, he's um he's, he's very artistic. He uh, he drew that basically by freehand oh, wow. on my arm, and and yeah, he's, he's, he's unbelievable. You know all the, the the attention to detail, like the eyes and the nose, and you know, obviously the fur. Obviously, it's done in green and, and a little bit of black, and uh, it's yeah, just really good. We've done, done a really good job. And I'm, 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 I, I, I love it. I, I would never remove it. I never do anything like that. Awesome. I love it. A great yeah. story behind it as well. That's for me. I, I love that. Too, love that. If I was ever to get one, I'd want there to be real meaning to it. Like I quite yeah. like the guys that have been to the Olympics, guys and girls who've been to the Olympics and have just yeah. a little Olympic ring somewhere. Like it's a real meaningful yeah. tattoo that's the type that i would like and i would consider john tell us about your tattoo <laughs> I, well, think I, just, you I, show I, I will show you actually but i <laughs> mate, you make a really good point with your tattoo because uh, i've just lost my dog actually so uh i might actually uh i might actually do something along those lines that's a very good yeah. idea uh, but it's got to be better than this one anyway, which I'm about to unveil. <laughs> I got quite a hairy back, so I do apologise for the hairs and uh, the mangleness of it. And it's pretty pale. It's never seen the light of day. But had it changed, there, there used to be an eye. It used to be a massive eye, right? And it looked extreme. It was 3D. I mean, it looked ridiculous, right? Then it's all been redone. Oh, my God. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> This is one of the moments where people at home should be really glad they can't see what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can see it. John's back. Um, yeah, there you go. That's the top bit. And the one right at the bottom, I don't know if you can see that one. I had that on an yeah. island in, in Thailand. Um, so it was just, uh, yeah, a few uh, few cocktails later and I was pretty numb to the feeling. <laughs> Rock and roll. Oh, I love it. But, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, I just... Uh, I. I I didn't like the eye because it looked pretty weird. <laughs> it looked, you know, it just is one big cyclops looking at you from behind. And I was like, nah, I can't have that. <laughs> so I just blended it out and uh, put some fire dragons around it. Yeah, get it done. <laughs> get a on social media for everyone. Have you got any, Sam? 
No tattoos. No, no, I'm a, I'm an army brat, and that is not a done thing. But no, no, yes. I, I mean, yes. I, I mean, my it's very common now for tattoos. army people to have tattoos. Oh no, no, my my wife's got tattoos. My dad's got tattoos. He's ex ex serviceman. Um, no, but yeah, I'm just not not crossing my mind. Go to love and hate on the knuckles, man. That'd do you. Be all right. Big up. Big up. I was thinking, what like golf things could you have? I feel like we need to do an appeal to see the best golf-related tattoos to get them sent in. I want to see oh, life-size woods on someone. Or, well, not life-size, but Sam, a big tiger woods. Sam should get a, a waddling duck. Waddling <laughs> duck. <laughs> it's got to be some great, some great. Oh time. god, here he goes. Uh, oh, <laughs> is that his walk? Is it, Callum? That's, oh that's his green reading skills. That's the green reading technique right there. Skill. Oh yeah, the green because he straddles the light. Does yeah. the old. Uh, in a, in oh, a waddling duck. A waddling duck. Is that as you do like the aim point as you're going along, feeling it in your feet? Oh. Give it the little duck one. So, let's get this straight. <laughs> aim point. Aim, aim point came after. All right. This is my concept. <laughs> Sam Robinson like a duck long before Aimpoint was out there. <laughs> that is not, not a true word said behind that. That is as true as it comes. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, just to move on to sort of this season, just or, or how we are at the moment, to wrap things up, obviously you were out in the desert in uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai, a, a 35th place finish and a miscut in those first couple of events. Uh, how do you feel the start of 2021 has gone for you, Callum? It was. It actually started off really well. It was going. Um, obviously, Abu Dhabi. I, I finished thirty fifth. I actually played quite nicely there. I, I pulled back nine coming in uh, on the last round, but I, I, I felt good in my game and I felt great prior to Dubai. And uh, you know, I woke up actually Thursday morning with a niggle in my neck, and yeah. it wasn't affect. It wasn't. It wasn't affecting my, my my swing. I was able to warm up, and I thought, let me just. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, not going to dig at the physio anything like that, but you know, it did make a bit of a mistake, but. I, I went and saw the physio 20 minutes before my tea time just to say a quick, quick couple of minutes of just basically loosen it up and uh, went and saw him and uh, but he, he he went to town on me and he bruised me and he and I, I, it took me took me six holes for the pancreas to wear in eventually because it started <laughs> affecting my swing and I, and I couldn't I, I could not keep the golf ball on the planet like yeah, top, I, yeah. I, top I, the three I, would off of a tea peg 120 yards did you? I've, oh, I've got that. Man. Man. I've got that. Uh, I'd have been proud. Yeah, of and, and I, I was. I mean, that 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 round I shot three over par, and obviously the golf course wasn't obviously up to standard as normal. But yeah, you know, it's, it's not the easiest golf course when you're not playing well. So when you're playing well and you go to the, can't hit the golf ball, you go, well, what's going on there? Yeah. Like yeah. you know, and you know, I, I, was, I was I was really annoyed for how it how obviously it went, and uh, I was gutted because I felt like I was able to contend. Now the week before I got I got within top ten I think with nine hours to go, so the game was there you know and obviously I put in a lot of work as well with the coach as well prior to first round, and I felt I felt pretty decent you know and yeah I was I was, I was a bit I was a bit I was a bit annoyed. How many how many uh, well events are you looking at playing because I mean you got to take your out to the European Tour last year we got to play this year looks an amazing kind of setup for the season it's going to be busy lots of testing lots of quarantining left right and centre. I mean, um, you know, what are you looking forward to the season? You know, what, what, how many events are you going to play? So I actually went through my schedule because, um, I, I, like I said, I'm starting to work with, that, uh, with, with Rob. Um, and I uh, looked at my schedule and I've, I've roughly about 20, maybe 23, maybe 25 events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So cool. I'm looking at maybe doing that. And uh, and I actually I looked into it and and, and with my manager David, he goes, um, he goes, kind of, I think you should have one extra week off there. Like you're playing a lot of golf. I was like, well, I'm having a week off there. And he goes, oh, I think you should have one more week off there because I think I'm making. Let's just tell me to play less. Play less. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well. but you know, usually I play from 22 to 25 events a year normally. Um, obviously last mm. year I think I played 19 or 20. I can't remember. Yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm looking at playing 23, 25 this year. You're pretty impressed on the setup of the European Tour, how they've gone about it, but yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, they're they're just trying everything they can to get the events in. Uh, there's rumours that they might try and get an event before Qatar now, because obviously now Oman has been cancelled. Yeah, but yeah. obviously, 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 with this obviously situation, we don't know if other events will carry on as well because they might close the borders. True. So absolutely. The, the 23 to 25 feels like a nice number of events, but you've got that added dynamic at the moment of you just want to play golf when you can because you don't necessarily know what the situation is going to be three, four months down the line. So there's that temptation to just tee it up whenever you can early in the year. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, obviously, I, I, I pulled out of uh, Saudi Arabia uh, last week mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't sure if I'd be, I'd be able to get home. Yeah. You know, obviously, like, like I said prior to in the uh, earlier in this uh, meeting, the... Uh, yeah. I've got a pregnant. I've got a pregnant wife who's ready to pop in it uh, within next month. So obviously, if I if I was to go if I was to go over there and then not be able to get a flight home, mm-hmm. and then when I get home, I've got a quarantine in a, in a hotel and at the airport. You know, I'm, you know, she, she needs help more than I do. You know, <laughs> so I, mean, I don't give her anything. I'll give her moral support when I'm sitting down doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> How are you at the looking after the baby skills? Are you going to be? straight in there up to your elbows in nappies or is it more of a hands-off approach <laughs> well uh <laughs> with uh, i've got a child prior uh prior to my wife and uh she um so basically whenever she comes over that's, that's my job so I've, I, I've done a lot of nappies a lot of you know yeah you know, looking after her and obviously keeping her healthy and well and stuff like that so and then now obviously now obviously i'm together with my wife and we've had a baby I, I, i've gone uh, you should experience that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I want you to, to know what I've already done kind of thing. Yeah. I, I yeah like so, so I've changed about 10 nappies so far with little Oscar and, you know, he's good as gold. He's actually really easy. He loves to eat, loves to sleep, and loves to laugh. So he just doesn't want to crawl or walk yet. <laughs> he's living the so, dream, to be honest. Yeah, he is. Literally, he's got, he's got a laugh on Riley. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a great laugh. Really good insights as well uh, between the two of you, the player-caddy relationship. Congratulations on, on last year, you guys, and on the new baby coming and, and all these things. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Filthy Lipout. Please remember to leave your likes and subscribe, share, review us wherever you are listening to this podcast, and we will see you again next week. <laughs>